So Ponga is going to kick off Series 38, Game 115 of Origin, and Clemmer comes back. His clearing shows it, gives it to Desco, out of a tackle, got the ball to Morris, he's over! Josh Morris has got the try! Played back there by Papali, then Munster, Kafusi, Ponga links in, here's Corey Oates for the corner again! Here's Whiten, fending Shay. Oh, intercepted. Intercepted, and Gagai is away to score his 10th origin try in 11 games. The speed of a gazelle, Dane Gagai. Now Ponga, floating the pass for Gagai. Gagai's got another one. Gagai's done it again. Pottery, the long pass. Walker gets it back for Murray. Murray Trevojevic. And Trevojevic plunges over. Back up comes to Walker. Now to Cleary. Now it's with the 17. Crichton. Crichton gets it away. Then the ball comes from Cleary. Comes down to Maguire. And that might just about do it. Last play. Here Cook. we go. Cook takes Tedesco with him. Can't get Tedesco. Gets Trevojevic. Goes to Cleary, stabs a kick over for Kotrick. Here's a touch and go, and Ponga! It's all over! It's the hardest thing I've had to do. Um, the great thing was he scored a couple of tries today. And I just hope he gets his smile back and his swagger and it won't be too long before he's playing red footy. When did you make that decision? Was that today? That's today. It was all made today. Was it purely formed with the trouble or what were some of the factors for you? Well, the biggest one, we have expectations up at Suncorp and we made sure he didn't meet those expectations. Um, we really need our players to work hard for each other and at the end of the day, Queensland wanted more than us, which is a, a bit of a shame. And um, I suppose Latrell... He's a bit of a consequence of that. When you say expectations are purely on field, there's a bit of speculation about off field. And no, it, say, uh, mate, his week was fantastic. Yeah. There's nothing to do with anything off the field, it was purely on the field. G'day everybody, welcome to episode 196 of Not The Footy Show. I'm Warwick Nicholson, your host, and the other host with the most, because I don't have a lot, is uh, Mr. Rob Cox is over there in Camden. G'day mate, how are you going? Very, very well. I'm just doing tremendous. I made the Origin team. You, you made the Origin team? How'd that work out for you? Well, they've got to try and replace Latrell Mitchell, so they've just rung anybody who's ever worn a, I think, an item of New South Wales clothing has pretty much got the call. I think for myself, it's been a lot of self-reflection um, after that Origin series, and then that, se- that the end of that season wasn't very good for uh, myself at the Roosters. Uh, we lost in the prelim, so um, yeah, I, ever since then... Um, I was at the Roosters last year and we won the comp. So I sort of reflected after that and I realised that something needed to be, needed to change. And I feel like I've fixed up a lot of things in my life that were a disruption to the way that I perform. And I feel like that's given me an opportunity for Brad to actually pick me and be able to rely on me. Mm. 
Yeah, well, mate, Latrell is uh, free and easy for the next week or so. Well, he was free and easy for about a week and a half after the first Origin, and some would argue <laughs> free and easy during the 80 minutes. We have the news, mate, that uh, obviously Latrell Mitchell is gone. He is no longer in the New South Wales setup. He has been, basically, he's been punted. It's not even a case of New South Wales coming out and saying that these are the reasons of off-field of why he's not in the team. Freddie Fittler has said, categorically, whether you believe him or not, that it is the performance on the field in Origin 1 as the reason that Latrell Mitchell is not playing for New South Wales mm. on Sunday night. What was your first reaction? Oh, look, I, I smell a, the... the, the uh... You know, the uh, pungent aroma of BS in the air. I, it's got to be more than that, mate. I mean, <laughs> anyone, you know, he's 22 years old. I would have thought uh, at 22, I know he's a professional footballer, but he could be entitled to one ordinary evening. So it, it's not just about the performance. There's, there's got to be more to it. And, and I don't know because I'm not privy to any of their conversations, but... Um, it just it just reeks of there being more to it, but we're not going to say anything because we're in a little bit of damage control, or maybe the roosters don't want to say anything, or there's something, there's something. It's just, I think the hard bit is, and we'll get to the the other reasons why I'm angry or disillusioned or whatever word you want to use, but it's the fact that yeah, he wasn't good in game one, uh, but there were a few players that weren't good in game one. Uh, some of those players have been dropped as well, admittedly. But we lost the game by four points. Now, if a player had been so cataclysmically poor, which is basically what has to happen for a player of uh, Mitchell's ability and potential in big games to get dropped, you'd think we would have got beaten by a few more points than four. And that's the bit that, that doesn't line up with the argument his performance wasn't good enough. Because, you know, if we won by four, does Freddie still make that decision? And, and Mitchell could have been as ineffective and we would have won by four. Like, that's the bit that doesn't line up here. And mm. he can claim that it's all about, oh, he'll come back better player and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. But we'll get into the changes in a sec after we uh, start the opener. But I wanted to kick off with just our initial reactions. And I'm with you. There's got to be something more in regards to the period of time after the game as opposed to the lead up. He did say in his presser that his uh, preparation for Mitchell was outstanding. Couldn't ask any more. But he did not elaborate at all about the post. And the, the chat is that basically he left Brisbane, went down to Taree, had his week also by himself or with his family. And it's I think part of it has to be how he handled, Latrell Mitchell handled that departure back to Taree. There's got to be something in there that has really um, basically made Freddie angry because that's the only way that it explains is that Freddie's must have got... He must have literally... Yeah. Uh, what's the word? Lost his temper a little bit, old Freddie, I imagine, because there's no other reason why you punt him. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, your your um, detective work sounds about right. And only one man can solve it. Officer Jacques Clouseau, gendarme, third class. I, I, look, I think, I think there might have been, you know, he had that real standout game, you know, like five, six weeks ago against the Tigers um, at the SCG that night, and and then you know they're saying since that since that game he hasn't been at his best. Um, to me. To me, during the game, during the first Origin game, he did look, you know, I, I wasn't watching him the whole game, but there mm. were moments where he looked a little disinterested. Yep. Um, there were moments where he looked a little bit disengaged. And, and maybe Freddie, other than what's happened off the field, if anything, maybe Freddie has lost a bit of trust 
in in Latrell at the moment, and you know he wants to maybe have that earned back. I'm not I'm not entirely sure, um, but there was there is one little clue, and that is uh, our great mate, the great Gus Goulding. Um, <laughs> he was talking last year during Origin discussions about all of the stuff that Latrell has going on off the field. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of dumped that narrative after Latrell was picked and didn't really speak too much about it again. And I'm just wondering if he did have a lot of stuff going off, going on off the field, if that stuff is still happening. Um, we know that his uh, brother was charged with assault uh, earlier this year in a nightclub incident whilst Latrell was there. Um, I, I, I think Latrell... I'm not too sure. Again, I, I don't know him, but I, I get the feeling that you know he he may have a lot of stuff going on with his family. And mm. yep. um, you know, I there was I think there's a report obviously. today that some of his relatives have passed away in recent weeks. Yep, yep, um, yeah, I heard that one as well. So part of it. there's that. That's upset the Apple Card a little bit, but uh, I, I do think that the whole Tari thing going home from Brisbane to Tari, I think that was totally unexpected as far as uh, the Roosters and the New South Wales. Yep. Um, officials were concerned i think freddie would have liked everyone to uh as a winning or losing team to go back to sydney as a team and then disband from there that's the feeling i get anyway and look, Again, I, don't I think know. it's worth just saying because you know we're not uh i i can't categorically say how the blues left queensland i don't know the facts in regards to whether they got in cabs and went to the airport other players went here where and everywhere but there's definitely no um uh, suggestion that um, everything was hunky-dory after the game in regards to why that would not be a reason why he's been dropped. I guess as part of isn't why we're going down that road. Um, I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah, look, the Roosters say that they knew it was going to happen, but I guess they probably would say that mm-hmm. given that they're probably going to cover for him a little bit. Again, uh, you know, I'm only hearing whispers and not not a whole lot of whispers at that. So, yeah, it's um it's an interesting thing, but um, you know, he's been replaced. He's been replaced by Jack Whiten, um, mm. uh, which is interesting as well. Yeah, so, well, we'll uh, get to that after the yeah. break. But uh, that is the opener. We had to start with Latrell. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that both uh, Rob and I are a little bit uh, perplexed as to the core reason. Why Latrell's not there? I know from a New South Wales Blues fans' perspective, I'm devastated he's not there because he makes our team better. Uh, but this is Freddie's decision, and we'll go into the rest of those decisions after the break here at Not the Footy Show. Not the Footy Show. Uh, well, I rang Brayton Ash and he said he couldn't play, so I was actually Jimmy was the last five eight that was standing. So pretty much, uh, great to have him back in camp. It doesn't take long for Jimmy to warm to everyone, and uh, already you can see that the place has got a different personality. He's had some pressure put on him, and the last two games he's been great. He won the game with a field goal in the last five minutes on the weekend and set up a try earlier in the game as well. And I think you know, himself mostly understands that we need to play better at the start of the year and we had expectations of what, how he should have been playing. And he just sees come to this now. And I think the pressure's helped him and he's, he's come good. Yeah, just the partnership with Nathan. Uh, the fact is they had a big game on the weekend. They won it at the death. tells you that you know, they're our best opportunity to handle the pressure. The big thing is we need to make it happen. And I pick players that I know are going to go over and make it, make it happen. And that's just that's how the team was picked. Let's just see how, the, how it falls after that. Yeah, well, he was in a grand final winning team last year. Made a big decision to go to Parramatta. And, uh, pretty consistent the whole season. And... 
Uh, one thing that we're most really troubled is, is having trouble getting out of trouble. And he's a big body and he does that very well for Parramatta. So I think he's coming at the right time. It was one of the phone calls that makes coaching worthwhile when I rang him and he's on his way home from the game last night. And uh, that's one of the real positives about being a coach. When you say off-field troubles, do you look at doing a, a boost band for camp or something like that? Or it's no comment. For a long time, for about 10 years, so, you know, blokes like, Dale, yeah, exactly, it has been, and, and blokes like Josh Jackson, Dale Finucane, um, you know, they just, they're just tireless, they just work so hard and they put their body through so much, and that's once, once again, that was a really nice phone call to make to Dale and say, you know, you finally made it, and you just know where you're going to get from Dale Finucane. You also um, welcomed Dave Speedy to the side as well? Yeah, great to see, he's got a nice big smile, he's a big body, uh, when you lose someone like David Clemmy, you, you you just can't replace them sort of people, but uh, they work together. Uh, he knows what's expected, and I think he's been doing a great job for Newcastle. Yeah, I think given the circumstances, last year we, we led from the front, we won the first game, so we didn't have to deal with this. I think the experience of Wade Graham, even Blake Ferguson coming back, is really going to help us over there. Yeah, well, Jacks will be on the left-hand side. Um, Josh Morris, I think. Uh, the fact is, uh, Tom Trebojevich, we just need to get him in the team somewhere, but we really appreciate Josh's efforts in the first game, scored a great try. So, you know, if anything was a problem, he was straight back in, but it was just the fact that Tom Drabojevic, we just need to get him in the team. Yeah, well, they've both played centre before. Uh, Tom's played for Australia in the centres, and Jack's played in the centres for Canberra, so I'm uh, very confident they can do the job. We've got a, a week to uh, prep the boys and get them used to the people they're going to defend with and attack with, And but I'm very confident that uh, they'll be comfortable playing in those positions. Yeah, he does, and we missed that in the first game. Um, the fact was, I think we sort of really looked after Tyson in the first game, and that's uh, why we chose Angus over Tarek this time. Uh, Boyd Corner's going in with a bit of an injury, so um, and like I said, we get that in very aggressive, and we missed that in the first game. No. Okay, we're back. It is episode 196. It's the State of Origin 2 preview. I probably should have said that or off the top of the show, but I guess once we started talking about Latrell Mitchell, we're going to go off in a tangent, mate. He is out. He is gone. Uh, uh, Cody Walker, he is out. He is gone. Uh, Angus Crichton, gone. Josh Morris, gone. Payne Haas, David Clemmer, Nick Kotrick, all injured, mate. We've brought in, well, the old guard which is interesting enough. James Maloney comes in at 5'8", Tom Trebojevic in the centres, Blake Ferguson on the wing, Dale Finnecane, Tarek Sims uh, on the bench, and Daniel Saifidi is the bolter, uh, the Andrew John-selected bolter uh, to replace Clemmer up front. We take out the mm. Latrell Mitchell news, and what's the reaction to who's come into the team? Well, my reaction is I think Josh Morris could feel a little hard done by, although you know we know that Freddie wanted to get uh, Tommy Trebojevic back into the team somehow. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I know Kotrick was, um, injured, yep. but, uh, you know, in one way, the thing that would have made sense and rewarding a guy that a loyal servant of New South Wales and had a pretty good game in the last one would have been to put Trebojevic on the wing, on the right wing, uh, and give him a free, a free roaming, um, kind of a card. And, uh, but uh, Freddie's brought back Fergo and this is, I'd say this is Fergo's third and last chance. Uh, he played 2013, then he played 2016-17. Yeah. Uh, had the nice little uh, drinking sesh with um, Josh Dugan for the second time, which he evidently mm. didn't learn from. And, mm. uh, yeah, then is back in the team for 2019. Um, Apparently yeah. he's off the source. 
Well, that's, he said since Christmas, I think it is. Uh, we've played seventy nine days. <laughs> we've played the audio uh, that I sent through to Cocksmith this afternoon already on the show, and you heard it. And yeah, we're not going to delve into it too deeply. What I will say is that uh, if this is the time when the penny dropped for Blake Ferguson, um, obviously a lot of other pennies hit the floor without making a noise because uh, yeah, he's got through a period of time there where there's been a lot of reasons to reform your life, and they've never it's never clicked. Um, mm. So good luck to him if this is the one. He's, that he's playing well. He's playing well. Uh, the club, club football. Uh, he's look, killing it. I think there's I a think. there's a there's an emphasis on stats uh, with Ferguson, uh, which I think is overstated. Don't get me wrong. I think the the role that Freddie talks about that he wants him to play, which is that bring him out of uh, trouble sort of role that Kotrick tried to do on uh, last in game one, and I think. As a collective, uh, I think we just sat in our own half way too long, and I don't think it, I don't th- honestly don't think Ferguson would have made a, a shred of difference in that game one in regards to that. We were just camped in our end, and that was Queensland applying pressure and us not being able to do anything. Um, but what I will say is that the decision to play Trevojevic right centre, I'm fine with. Uh, I am, and we were both listeners of the um, Phil Gould pod- podcast, which is outstanding. But yeah, he has been on the Jack White and is a centre, a left centre. Um, a campaign for a long time, and especially in the last month or so. Uh, it's been mm. just, if you've been listening to the podcast, everybody, he has been saying it like almost every single time he talks about Canberra. So I wouldn't have no doubt he's had some influence here on Freddie in regards to what he does to replace um, Mitchell. I actually think it, it could fit White into a T because he doesn't have to worry about passing the ball. I feel sorry for Josh Adokar, but that's the reality. Uh, and in, I think defensively he'll be fine. The centers. Um, that's the reason that Jared Croker wasn't there. Look, there's a lot of reasons why he's a fantastic uh, rugby league player, Jared Croker. But he's pretty much not getting in because they want a, a tougher steal in defense, and that's just unfortunately reality. Having said that, Blake Ferguson can't tackle, so yeah, sometimes some things get ignored. Um, they're the guys in. Well, oh, who who won? Fergo. No, Fergo. Well, he, oh, okay, sorry. I'll, I'll take that back. He he. He's not. Uh, he actually doesn't actually tackle anybody. He runs out and misses everybody. So yeah, you're right. I am right. He doesn't actually make contact at all. Uh, Maloney in at five eighth, mate. I'm I'm very happy with this decision, and I'm I'm perplexed as to why it didn't happen in game one. Mm. I think it had something to do with the the, the you know the Panthers um, form. It, you know, one would argue that well, Nathan Cleary shouldn't have been there either. But I think Nathan Cleary is a long term project, at least. You know, if I think I think he's got a, a leave pass for this year, unless he has a Barry in in the second game here, I mm-hmm. think you'll find he'll play in all three games. That doesn't mean to say he'll play there in 2020 if he's not travelling very good again. But I think Maloney partners up with him pretty well. I mean, there's a bit of bit of yin and yang going on with those two, and they know each other. And uh, Maloney, when he needs to, will game grab the game. Uh, by the scruff of the neck and become the dominant half and uh, do what he needs to do um, in his mind to uh, to do the best job for the team. So I think it's a, I think it's a good move. I don't know if Mitchell Pearce would have been a good move, and the reasons aren't because I don't think he could do what uh, Maloney mm. can do, but I think because of his he I think he's mentally scarred a little bit. I also don't think there's much in it for him um, if it's not totally his team. And they lose, and it's not his fault. Everyone will blame him again. Yeah. So I don't think he's really got a lot to, to gain by playing Origin again, other than to tick a box. So um, 
Yeah, I I, uh, I heard today that uh, he'll be 100% fine for round 15, which was highly expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't think he's that injured, but maybe injured enough not to play on Sunday. I'm not sure. If there was a club, it'd be interesting if there was a club club round this weekend as well. Well, that's an interesting um, question in regards to all the rep games that are happening this weekend, because apparently players are injured left, right and centre. Who knew? Um, <laughs> the Maloney thing, I, I just want to go into, I guess, which is the main part of this segment, which is... Who's picking the New South Wales team? Because Fittler has come out after the loss in game one and his press conference pretty much said, oh, we're going to win this game. We picked a team to win this game. Now, there's three games a series, three games a year, Cocksmith. Why the heck didn't he pick what he believed was the team that could win game one? And this is the bit that frustrates me. Who's picking the team? Well, I know know you've got a theory um, and I think we're thinking pretty similarly, but... And look, there always has have been selectors. Um, now that they're kind of contracted out and are part of the uh, Freddie coaching staff, is no surprise. Uh, I guess he's got a little bit closer control on it as to what it used to be in the old days when the yep. the CRL and the New South Wales Rugby League would fight over certain choices. And then give that but to I, the coach, yeah. Yeah, but I think, um, look, I, I definitely Brandy and... and Danny Badiris are having a big say, and I yep. and and you know Gus is probably having a whisper every now and then, or or maybe Freddie's asking for Gus's advice. I'd, I'd uh, probably on, leave that as a on certain yep. players. Look to me, for for mine, mate. The the first team we've discussed this off uh, off podcast land. The first team for mine was a bit of a weird mix up. Um, I was I was weirded out by the choice of Jack Whiten as a player who's really a, an out and out centre who's been biding his time at fullback and five eight. Um, I found it a weird choice. Um, they yeah. needed to get Cody Walker off the field to get him on. Um, yeah. You know, so it was it was a strange it was a strange choice for me. I, I guess he makes more sense now at left centre. Angus Crichton didn't name up um, really much in the game. I think um, Freddie's rotation of Clemmer was diabolical. Yeah. Um, at one stage there, I believe I saw Clemmer, uh, Frizzell, Vaughan, Vaughan. Nah, Vaughan had gone back on. It was it was Clemmer, Frizzell, Trebojevic, and Trebojevic. <laughs> Walker. I guess at that stage, but yeah. yeah so, I could be our three best forwards. Yeah, so you've got um, three you know high strike forwards all sitting on the bench, you know, cooling their heels together, which I found really weird. But look, you know. Origin is a pressure game, not only for the players, but for the staff. And yep. maybe he got a little wrong. Maybe he completely planned that. I'm not sure. Freddie, you know, dances to his own own beat. Um, but I do think it was a mistake um, in the rotation. You know, Clemmer, even, you know, he, he's got a big motor. But um, in Origin, playing him for 50 minutes straight, other than just the break for half time was a little bit strange for me. Um, well, the strange look, part was that Crichton played 51 minutes. Cam Murray played 50 minutes on debut. Payne Haas mm. played 40 minutes straight. Mm. We discussed it in the leading into game one. We didn't need that be- that bench to play those minutes. You want your best players back on the field. Yeah. It, it, and then this is the bit where I go, well, I feel sorry for poor old Crichton in some respects in the regards to he's played 50 minutes in three of the four origins he's played. In game one, mm. he plays 50 minutes, and then he's not good enough. Then why'd you leave him on the field so long? Oh, yeah, I, yeah I, I just yeah. It, there's some question marks in regards to that, and that's what I guess led me to the question about who's picking the team is because the comment, "Oh, we picked this team to win the match." Well, that means that in game one you kind of bowed to that whole little "oh, pick on form" and like oh, form is a great thing, <laughs> but in the space of two weeks, 
Um, Cody Walker went from the best 5'8 in the game to he's not good enough for Origin. Like mm. that's the problem when you go with these with this 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 media beat up around form is that you're not picking a team to win a game of football. You're picking a team based on let's call it NRL merit. Well, that's nice. That's great. But you're also picking for Origin performance. So why wouldn't you stick with the team that or the, the key clogs the team? And he admitted it after last year's series. He said James Maloney was pretty much our most important player, and mm. he bowed to this mentality that oh you got to pick the players in form well that's great <laughs> but so you've, who, you, you've shown in your you tr- mind, oh it's Greg Alexander I got no doubt Greg Alexander has, no, has pulled pulled the strings who, who picked Cody Walker Greg Alexander I got no doubt so you reckon Alexander as as you know a member of the board or is he chairman whatever he is at Penrith has left his own player Maloney out Correct. in the cold and brought in Cody Walker. Because you've got to remember that's part of this. And look, I'm talking about people. You know this, but this is entertainment, so we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> what what strikes me about the position that Alexander is in, in particular with the Fox Sports commentary, all right, mm-hmm. is that you're paid to make observations. And there's been this sort of running gag on Fox for the whole year, and it's been for a number of years since Brandy's been involved in the setup. But it's always like, oh, is this guy in the mix? Is this guy in the mix? And Brandy will say, oh, he's in the mix. And then Pearl Danny Badera's got pulled. Oh, he's in the mix. Well, that's nice. But Greg Alexander, as my memory serves, and I could be completely wrong, but I've watched enough of these commentary teams to have it tattooed on the brain, is that he has been pushing the Cody Walker wheelbarrow extremely hard. If you push it that hard when you're paid for this opinion, and then it comes to the point where you're picking a team and you know, you're, you're part of this person that's making the ingredients for the cake, there's a certain level of pride that says, well, if I've been pushing this guy that hard, I've got to, I've got to push for him. He's yeah. got to be in there. And, I'm and here, that's, I'm, I, Yeah, I'm hearing what you're saying. Yeah, and, it's, and it frustrates me that you know, after one game, that conviction's out the window and we're back to the guy that you should have picked for game one. And I'm not saying what they've done for game two is wrong in regard. I think it's the right decision bringing Maloney back in, but it proves to me... Once again, that you cannot pick teams based on I'm doing the inverted brackets thing form because it's you're not you're not picking an NRL game, NRL team. Mm. You're picking an Origin team for three games. The matchup against an opponent that last year couldn't beat you in two of the three games. I, I it just boggles my mind, and I don't think Freddie has has had or may even still have complete control over the team that he actually ends up with, and that's the bit that mm. I guess frustrates me because I. had been lulled into this sense of security. You can listen to our podcast before game one, everybody. We Don't, thought, Freddie's in, Freddie's in control here. He's nice and calm. He's cool. And it's hmm. been proven that I'm maybe just, I'm he's just going to play devil's advocate from you. I like moment. a bit of that. Don't You don't believe that Queensland have improved since last year? No. Uh, I don't. How do I put this? We were outstanding in the first half in game one. Uh, it took a bit of Ponga brilliance with passing at, at the in the second half to to put us on our toes, and then obviously Jack Whiten's pass to Dane Gagai didn't help at the end. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. They crossed I, the line that three other times. With I, I wouldn't tries. say no. that they were they weren't outstanding, but they were better than us as as the as the end result. I, but I I wasn't blown away by what Queensland put against us uh, in game in game one. Uh, in saying that, you know, I we were I thought we played. Above our station uh, in the series last year to win, and then ran out of steam in the second half of Game Three, and obviously didn't win it three 0 I would say that there's some serious uh, improvement in this New South Wales team heading into Game Two, 
And I don't know if there's that in Queensland. And it doesn't mean they didn't play. I thought they played well in game one, but I, I don't think they're a team that you go like we have in the past and go, oh, they've got this player, this player, this player, this player, this player. That's not that case anymore. <clears throat> I'll tell you what I'm fearful of. I'm fearful of when Ponga finds his feet with alongside Cameron Munster. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I don't really want to see that this year. Um, but I think he, I think we're going to see some Ponga magic very soon. He's starting to, you know, he's played a, a, a what's he up to now? His third game of Origin. Yeah, I think, mate, I, I think he's about, you know, at the moment the most exciting ball runner that that we've got in the game. And Cameron Munster's not far behind him as far as tenaciousness goes and uh, the will to win. Um, Cameron Munster just oozes out of him, you know. I, and look, I'm no Queensland fan, you know that. Um, but I reckon, I reckon they do have a bit of improvement in them um, for you know a couple of positions, a couple of um, combinations to click. And when it does, uh, New South Wales had better be ready. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I, I really do believe that. I think. Uh, I think Ben Hunt was pretty good at nine. I can't believe he made he was, 40 uh, odd tackles. He made. Yeah. He, he was. Mm. Uh, we've had a discussion. Uh, we just caught up and had a chat. But he was not a weak link, and that's really oh. what uh, they oh. Queensland didn't have to worry about him being exposed. No. Uh, to your point around Munster and uh, Ponga, what I will say is that our best two players, or New Wales' best two players in game one, were Cook and Tedesco. Mm-hmm. What I what I am encouraged by that sort of almost devil's advocates, your devil's advocate, is that our best two players can worry Queensland just as much as their best two oh, players can worry us. And that's yeah. something we haven't had for, well, since the early 2000s. And that's that's the bit that I guess makes me not as fearful as Queensland as I have been for 12 years because mm. we've got that ability and we showed it in game one at different points to make them really go on their heels and we probably just didn't push, uh, push it through enough. Um we need to wrap up on the New South Wales team. Uh, Dale Finnecane gets his debut. Congratulations, Dale. And Tarek Sims is back in to be angry man, uh, which Fittler admitted he didn't have in game one, which is another one of those things where I think the team was just picked on so many different levels of this, that, and the other that we've, we've said it. You need Tarek Sims to play 15 minutes and try and basically kill Kalen Ponga or Cameron Munster. That's that's what his role will be. <laughs> and, that, yeah. and you're saying, okay, that's your role. It's not about... As much as I'd love to say, you know, that you know, everyone talks about the Cam Murray quick play the balls, that's great. But Origins play in that sort of style where sometimes those big plays where you um, make your presence felt is worth 50 tackles or worth 40 tackles or worth, you know, that kind of thing. And that's the bit that I'm glad about parts of this team that have come in is that there seems to be a little bit more of that, you know, we'll win those, I hate saying it, those one on one battles, those one percenters or whatever maybe a little bit more with this team than what we had in game one. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I, I think Tarek Sims is definitely there for his enforcing and, and um, you know, Cameron Murray's in there for to, to be able to control a bit more tempo and play a bit more an up-tempo game, which they know Queensland doesn't really want to do. So, um, you know, they, they, they've... Uh, I think their ben- I think our bench looks better than Queensland's. It's just that I'm still worried about the, the one and six combining uh, and when Hunt finds his feet as well at nine... You know, I'd, it'll be an interesting game. N- n- either way, you know, it'll be it'll be a very interesting game. I just uh, I've just got a little bit of a fear factor with Queensland now. One one up, you know, they don't they don't often lose from one nil up. Mm. Last point I want to make on the Fitler situation <clears throat> is yep. in the presser and then a follow up he had with 100 percent footy. He pretty much 
in the presser, he said, oh, this team was picked this afternoon. Yep, we're clear. Oh, today. It was all picked today. And uh, then we found out that Blake Ferguson was wrong on Saturday night and told you're playing Origin. Uh, and then we found out that Brad Fittler didn't actually even see the whole performance, which means he probably didn't see much of it at all, of uh, Latrell Mitchell versus Canterbury. Oh, he's just got to go and play good for the Roosters. He's a fantastic player. You can see even against Canterbury, uh, I don't know his full involvement because I didn't get to see, to watch the game fully, but he scored two tries. And that's what sort of player he can be, I think. At the start of the year when he played a, a fantastic game, I'm pretty sure it was against the Tigers. And, you know, he said himself he needs there's stuff that he can work on his game and get back and bring the ball out of trouble and do a few things like that for the team. So he's a great player. You know, he's young. He's obviously, you know, it's he's coming off, you know, possibly one of the best years for a kid his age of all time. So, you know, I think he'll get back and the footy will become important and, you know, he'll start playing some great footy for the Roosters. That's, that's I think there the, were reasons for that, though. Like, I think he, he, you know, I think he picked Blake Ferguson after Blake's game. He mm. called him after his game, so he made sure he got through the game. Um, and mate, I guess what he's saying about Latrell is, is it, it probably didn't matter if Latrell had scored twelve tries; he wasn't going to play this game. So. And that's and that's the question. I guess that's the thing that I'm saying in regards to if we're going to completely say it's on form, then. That's if I'm Latrell Mitchell, I'm going. Well, yeah, it didn't matter how I played, did it? Like, and that's the bit. Well, you know, it's, I don't know. It just it's those I think little Luttrell things. Latrell would know, mate. Latrell but, would know. Like he he would he would have spoken to Freddie after. Like, don't think for one moment they haven't spoken between when he left for Taree and and yesterday. He would have spoken, and Freddie would have probably said to him, you know, mate, what you what what you did. Or what what's happened, or what's transpired, isn't isn't on, and I'm not happy about it. So, yep. um, one thing I will pre- I will defend Fitler on is the, is the complaint that came in the press I think yesterday about oh how dare Latrell Mitchell find out he's been dropped on the field on Sunday afternoon. Well, well we when had an announcement was, to make it was six, was yeah. Freddie supposed to be on the sideline and just come up to him and say it to him there? Imagine the scene that creates. Like, oh, yeah, there's yeah. there's some there's some <laughs> uh, unrealistic. Uh, uh, expectations, which is pretty much this podcast so far on New South Wales. We'll go to the break and we'll be back to talk about Queensland. Well, at least the team they've picked for game number two. No matter what Freddie does there, mate, he's he's on a lose-lose. He can't, ring him, be, he can't <laughs> ring him before the game because if he does, then he's the world's biggest bastard for you know upsetting him before the game. He can't ring him straight after the game because he's got commitments. If he rings him at 8pm, he might get angry at Luttrell. I mean, what do you do? The, you know? the one thing that I did note <laughs> is that Sorry. they talked to uh, Boyd Cordner, who's the New South Wales captain, um, on yep. the field, and he had no idea that Mitchell wasn't going to get picked. Well, Luttrell, Luttrell um, refused interviews on the field. Mm. But I just, I, I would have thought Fittler may have given Boyd a bit of a heads up that he wasn't going to pick. He said uh, he didn't. He says Boyd, he didn't. Yeah, so. he didn't. That's what I'm saying. I would have thought he would have got it, given that he's the guy that plays outside you. Mm. Um, I don't know. He, I just, he probably didn't want to put him in a situation where you know he knew something about his fate before Luttrell knew about it, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, we're back. It's episode 196. Warwick Nicholson here. Rob Cox in Camden. Here being Camaro. There you go. You know where I live. Don't kill me. Uh, Queensland. Um, they've made two changes. Joe Offengawi and uh, Jai Arrow are out through injury. And Tim Glasby and Jared Wallace are in for Queensland. Now... As a New South Welshman, Cocksmith, I am stoked because we just have two plotters on the field for game number two. I am happy. Oh, I like Tim Glasby. Mm. I like him. Uh, you can say what you like about not, him. Not, not in regards to, to not in regards to 
whether he's a good player or not. I'm just literally saying in the on the on the field in Origin, I am stoked that there's two blokes there that aren't that mobile. That's 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 a win for Damien Cook. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. There could be a couple of heavy boots around. It's going to be raining, by the way, or Is at it? least the, the oh, day it's, it's going to it's going to be a fair income um, ice rink then, because um, that's the big complaint about Optus Stadium is that it's not it's hard as rock. Yeah, well, they're saying that it, it, it they're saying this it's got decent drainage though. They're saying that it's going to have you know it's probably going to be fine. But I, look, I don't know because I've never been there. Um, I'll be there on Sunday though. Yes, yes, you will. Uh, so the two chain. I think look, Wallace has got in. He probably was a bit unlucky to miss out in game one, uh, mm. given that for, I know that Walters loves him. But look, he is um, a penalty machine, and he's got errors in him. He also has a good carry in him. Uh, but again, how many minutes is he going to play? What kind of role does he end up playing for Queensland? That's the question. Um, Dylan Napper apparently is playing with a busted ankle, or wrist, or hand, or something like that. Big Pappy. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's not good. And then Glasby comes in. So. I guess what I'm saying is that these changes, there's definitely a, a you've, put it this way, Glasby and Wallace mobility versus often Gowie and Arrow mobility. Okay? Oh, That's, yeah, yeah. No, Arrow was a standout last game. He was. And I just think given how good uh, Cook was in game one and part of what I think was the reason that Ben Hunt was um, as serviceable he was in the game and he wasn't that much of a threat in attack, but you know he was well protected around that ruck by his front yeah. rowers. Sure. And even though he didn't do much in attack, I think that was partly because he had to make so much defence. Whether it was hard contact or not, because I didn't, don't remember Clemmer or anyone like really going at him too hard, but he still made mm. I think almost fifty tackles. Yeah. I, I just I like the fact that New South Wales have some things they can target. Having said that, if I'm Queensland, my whole game plan is just to kick it and run it at Blake Ferguson all night. But uh, it's good to have uh, Damian Cook uh, and Tedesco running in and around. There's two big guys, but two guys that can get turned on the inside. Mm. Yeah, well, it was, it was good that um, neither neither uh, Cook or uh, Tedesco played on the weekend as well. So mm. they'll, be, they'll have fresh legs, whereas Cordner played 80 minutes, I believe, um, which I found... Cook played on years. Saturday night. Did Cook play? Yeah. Did he really? Yeah. I was at that game. <laughs> You know who I know. You know. You know who I'm thinking. I'm, Do you want me to edit no, this part out, Coxsmith? No, 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 no. Just leave it. Um, it'll so, is there, is there, are there no photos of, of Damien Cook? I don't know. <laughs> it's just I'll Billy, 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 Billy Britton. <laughs> He's like it, in it shows, <laughs> it shows what autopilot sometimes I go on uh, at a game. But uh, there no, weren't. There wasn't a Burgess to be cited as well, though, was there? What's that? that game. There was no Burgess. No, there was no Burgoy. No Burgoy at all. That's the first at time all. in who knows how long. Uh, there's been at no Burgoy for Souths. Yeah, mm. get used to it, South. Um, apparently, George is on his way. Where's he going? Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. We expect to win game two. That's what our focus is on game two. Uh, with the team we've selected, you know, we know there is improvement in our team. After reviewing the, the game, I'll probably give it a, a five. Maybe if I'm being kind, Kevy, a six out of ten. We expect to improve uh, over the week. That's why we're here. We've come here early to get ourselves mentally and physically prepared for the game of our lives. The DCE had five weeks out. Uh, in his, before he played his first Origin game from, from major surgery. And for him to play the way he did in game one, I thought it was outstanding. And ben Hunt, that, that was his first game at hooker, at, at, in the toughest game in the world. And he comes out, what a performance that he, he gave in game one. He, he will get better in game two. I, I can see it in him. I know I've got a lot of faith and a lot of trust in what Ben can bring as a football player. He's a tough little bugger. I, I'm, you know, I'm here to talk about this Queensland team, this, how good this Queensland team is going to be in game two. 
the other team have, have done what they've done, but that doesn't sort of bother. It doesn't bother me one little bit. We're here to focus about Queensland and, and getting our own game in the right order, so that when we go out there on Sunday, we're ready for the, for the game. Really it's all. It's always about Queensland. That's what you know, and we've been very loyal. So, and that's what we've done with it. Great belief in this team. The only changes that we've had have been uh, through forced. We've got a lot of faith in the guys that we have in this side that they will get the job done for us on Sunday. Oh, well, there's lots of Queenslanders living over here, and I think generally, you know, it's a, it's a nice colour maroon. Everyone seems to get behind it. And, you know, I'm sure that the, the Perth people or, or those that are not from um, the other two states are getting behind the Queenslanders and make sure that we do a, a really good job in, in cheering our boys home. And every origin's important, and this one is important in Perth um, for no other reason, but it's an origin game. And, and I said uh, before game one that origins, are, you know, they're hard to win, but, but we expect to win. And we won game one, and we expect to win on, on Sunday in game two. Origin at Suncorp is a, it's a great event, and now we've brought it to Perth. How yeah. good is that? Has he played his best Origin game yet? No, he hasn't. His best football is in front of him, Ben. I, I, everyone would agree with that. Uh, his best Origin game is in... He hasn't played it yet. It's in front of him, and it will be on Sunday night. You can't put a limit on my cafe lattes. It says so right here. And I don't want to get dirty looks when I come in here. If I want a cafe latte, you give me a cafe latte. And if I have any problems, I want to get my lawyer, Jackie Charles, down here. You're going to be in really big trouble. <laughs> hey, 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 slow down, Eddie. What, what's the matter? Uh, they're making faces at me because I've had a couple of cafe lattes. But I'm entitled to them. I can have as many cafe lattes as I want. That was the settlement. That's it? That's it. What, you want one, George? I can get one for you. No problem. <laughs> Jerry, you want one? They're delicious. My pleasure. You've got to stop it. You're, you're all hopped up on the caffeine. Well, I feel like I'm talking a little faster, but it's very hard to tell. You're racing. Well, well I got things to do. I'll see you later. Bye. Let's get to Kevin Walters, another mm-hmm. footballing family. Uh, he was interesting before game one. We'd spoken about how I think Cooked we used Kevin. bullish, I think was the uh, word we used before we heard his second press conference, which was just crazier than the first. Mm. Uh, he's been coach whispered into confusion, I'm going to call it. I don't think he knows what planet he's on because <laughs> some of the comments, and I played it before this segment, um, I know what I think he, I think he knows what he wants to say. It's just he keeps saying the same thing, and it's just getting funny and funnier listening Mate, to he's him. Off, he's off with the fairies. He's like, just he, it's like he's cooked. It's oh, it could. It, I mean, if they win the series three nil, all credit to you, um, uh, Kevy. But oh, it's it's actually it's getting painful to listen to because apparently well, Queensland have a good team. They picked a good team. They're going to win the game game one. They're going to win game two. They only play. I, I just yeah, okay. I love I love the. I don't know if it's honesty, but the uh, the positive, <laughs> the positivity, positivity. But it's starting to grate in me because he gave his team five out of ten in game one, Cocksmith. <laughs> so he's this amazing team, this great team, and they played five out of ten in game one. Mm. I don't know. It, it, didn't he it, say six, five or six out of five? Or, sorry, five or six. He just he's just saying to the boys that there's some improvement in your bo- in, in your boys. And I mean, the coach whisperer, he's he, his price has gone up. Oh, the, I, he's into he's into he, five figures an hour, isn't he? He was on five and a half grand an hour on on Origin Double One. It. He's probably up into ten now. Um, if they win three nil, mate, he'll be Australia's highest paid bloke. Um, Tell you what. Well, at least in the Queensland camp, maybe <laughs> Freddie will start talking like Kevy. Not sure. <laughs> no, it's it's a Kevy is acting a little bit strange. I've got to say. Because there's we, we talked it we well at least we um, touched on the fact that he works for Fox and that entertainment value and that kind of stuff and. Yeah, you know, he's got he's got that in him, but this has just been, yeah. I mean, he's he's dribbling more than we do. 
And that's that takes some <laughs> that takes some skill. Um, he also cannot stop talking about Ben Hunt's performance in game one, and in fact, Ben Hunt is playing hooker. I don't know if he knew that, but if you watch any press conferences from Freddie uh, from Kevin, then apparently Ben Hunt has never played hooker before in his life until game one. And uh, Kalen Ponga, apparently, um, the bit that I liked about his presser, oh, his chat with uh, I think it was um, Paul Kenton that uh, the other day or today was he said. Um, Kalen Pongo had some nice touches at the end of the game where he basically set up two tries with outstanding passes. He goes, he had some nice touches at the end of the game, but he needs to do that for 80 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about you, but uh, flinging cutout passes to your wingers to score tries is not something you can do for 80 minutes in a game. We did put some nice little plays on uh, at different stages throughout the game. Kalen Ponga came up with some really nice touches when needed. But we need that for, for the 80 minutes and not just for 40 or for 20. That you know some of the some of the stuff that we were throwing up wasn't consistent enough to to win consistently at Origin level, and that's been our focus, as I say, this week. And that's what we'll be fixing up when we hit the training paddock on, on Wednesday and Thursday. Those key areas defensively, and also just getting our attack just humming a little bit better, given the, the players that we have in those key positions. Well, I feel like I'm talking a little faster, but it's very hard to tell. So yeah, he's I, I can see what he's trying to do. I appreciate the fact that he's in, he's positive and enthusiastic about it, but ah, oh, gee whiz, it's hilarious. Yep, Kevy, Kevy's uh, Kevy's definitely out there this year, mate. Question for you: How many uh, origins has Kevin Walters coached? Uh, won't this be? This will be number eleven. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's scary. Like I, I, that feels weird. I, it feels like he's been in the job for two years. I, yeah. I just. It doesn't feel like he's. This is his fourth campaign. It's it's a really strange feeling. I, I, it could be because he's. That's why. <laughs> it could be because he's speaking finally. Um, yeah. I think everyone sort of just went, yeah, he's coach, but we don't need to hear from him. He's just coaching a bunch of superstars. Uh, but it, it, the way he's talking though is like he's had the devil's dandruff up his nose. <laughs> he 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 dead set sounds like he's on something. Which he's it? not. We're we're not we're no, not we're not, not we're not alleging not. anything. It's just pure, it's entertainment. But it sounds yeah. like it. It's not. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying. If, if you never had met Kevy before and you came across him for the first time at a press conference, you'd look at him and go, dude, you keep away from those little beagles at the airport, all right? <laughs> because they're going to be all over you like a cheap suit, my friend. Uh, let's just finish on, on Origin uh, 2 with some predictions. And um, I guess my first one is, how will Origin be received in the West? How do you how do you think the... Uh... Oh, it'll, be, it'll be massive. Yeah. It'll be massive. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's our best game. It's a, it's a, it's the pinnacle of rugby league in Australia at this point in time. It's, it's our best export. Most, yeah, it's the most intense game. It's the fastest. It's it's, you know, it's highly kind of controversial all the time. A twenty two year old bloke gets dropped, and next thing you know, we're talking about it for a week and a half. <laughs> um, you know, so there's definitely some, um, some, uh, you know, uh, what's what's the word for it? It. it it's highly valuable and highly sought after to have in your city and it's a great spectacle to go and watch. If you've never been to one, for all our listeners out there, get to one because it's a yeah, great game if to you, watch. If, if our reach extends to Perth and you haven't got a ticket yet, I think it's sold out, but you could probably find a ticket somewhere. Uh, it's, mm. yeah, it's it's not a bad... It's a game of football that... How do I put it? It is a blink and you miss it kind of game when you're there. You, you, mm. you find yourself just so drawn into the... Um, the tension of it all, that mm. halftime hits and you go, what, 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 what? Imagine playing it. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, they, they all talk about it. You, you kind of, you know, you, you make a run and make and make a tackle or two and next thing it's halftime, you yeah. know? 
So you know, also, I wonder that, and it, I think it's a it's a really good point you make there. It's it's why it doesn't matter how good you are at club level. Sometimes your game doesn't translate into the um, Origin arena. I think that's a an example we use, and it's not a case of he'll never play Origin again. But Cody Walker didn't make an impact in game one until he got benched and brought back on. Mm. And what that tells me is that that's just the way Origin can have an effect on a player. Is that you can be in the form of your life, but before yeah. you know it, half times hit, and before you know it, there's 20 minutes to go, and all of a sudden you get a tap on the shoulder, you're coming off. You're like, what? I haven't done anything. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you haven't done anything bad. It just means that you haven't found a way into the game, and that's, you know, that's that's origin. Yeah. There's, that's why it, I think it went past you, him, didn't it? That's why I think you see some players who aren't great club footballers excel at origin. And I was just watching a bit of highlights. Um, uh, this afternoon, but from like 992, game one, which I'm going to do something special for at some stage. I actually um, put a bit of a doco together on it, but the style of football then is it's amazing to watch because it's just this non-stop people are getting smashed, but then there's been football played on the back of it and all the rest of it. But there's some players in those games that you go, they weren't great club footballers, but when you watch them in Origin, they just mm. found ways to make impact. And Name the guy... Names. Name names. No, I'm going to save it for the for the um, the actual deep dive into well, name it. Name one. Give me one. Rocket Rod Wishart. I mean, who else do you want? I mean, he could like he, Rod he Wishart. He was a great club footballer. Oh, he was average. Um, but at Origin level, he was sensational. You've, you've oh. been raiding bloody Kevy's bag, I think. <laughs> Entertainment E squared. Mm. Uh, there's one for BC. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Tips, predictions. Um, I'll start us so you can give a little more time to think about it. I think New South Wales, after, I don't even know if we've been bagging them or saying they're good. I, I've been a bit confused this whole podcast. But, mm. um, yeah, Kevy was, was generous. I reckon New South Wales, 14 to 10. I reckon it'll be a much lower scoring game. 14 to 10. 18 14 in game one. But I think 14 to 10. Ugly score. Ugly score. I like an ugly score. As long as New South Wales are on the positive side of the score, I can be as ugly as it wants. Uh, New South Wales, 14 10. Level the series yeah. up. Wow. I'm going to say Queensland, 16 12. Sorry, it's going to be a dead rubber in Sydney. The NRL doesn't want to hear that. I know no, that. no, they don't. They'll only get 50,000 people there and they'll have to give 30,000 <laughs> tickets away to get that. But mm. I say 16-12, Queensland, man of the match, DCE. Oh, yeah, he wasn't He wasn't huge in game one, but he was no. good. And he's back, um, baby. I'm going it back to... It hurts me to say it. it I'm going back, it. I know, I'm going back to the Cookie Monster. I think he will uh, rip Queensland to Shredder Reds again. So 1-1, one, yeah. one, i got 1-1 one, one going back to Sydney. You've got 2-0 to Queensland. And um, yep. if that happens, I'll throw a bit of a spanner in here. If that happens yeah. Yeah. and uh, the Titans fall apart again because mm. they, they're one week on, one week off at the moment, mm. does Kevy take the job? Is it offered to him? Has well, it that's been what, all I'm saying is if Queensland take the series 2-0, all yeah. right, yeah. And the Titans review comes back and says they need to change at the top. Does Kevy yeah. jump? Well, so I think he'll get. I'm, I think he'll get pushed if they lose. That's the from we talk, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. From what I'm hearing, an Origin coach is worth between two and three hundred grand a year, depending on his deal, right? Yep. I would say that it'd be smart for Kevy to take try and get himself a three or four year deal at the Titans yep. on five or six hundred a year. That makes more sense money-wise. <clears throat> and, you know, if he does win the origin, then 
let's be honest, he's won uh, one, two, three. He's won three of four series. So uh, that's a fairly successful coach, I would have thought. It's a good resume. Um, yeah. So, yep, I reckon he would take the Titans' job, mate. He'll make them pay for it because I think they're only paying Garth Brennan, you know, smidge over two hundred a year. They're not paying him yeah. much. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little. Nice little. Uh, uh, food for thought there, mate. Indeed. We'll uh, come back after the break with your questions. We have questions, Cocksmith. I've got uh, questions? We've got questions. We've got you've, got, you've got issues. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll come back after the break on Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Okay, final segment of Not The Footy Show. That means the music. Go for it, Mr. Music. There we go. And uh, we have a question. Now, it's come via Twitter of all places. Uh, we have a, a small, what? a very is small... still operating? Is it is. still going? Very small but loyal <laughs> followers uh, on Twitter. Um, what about Tumblr? So, is it still going? Well, Go funny on. thing about Tumblr, all right? You know I work in the social <laughs> game. a very funny thing about Tumblr. Uh, yes, uh, but is that a lot of people when they made... You know when you see business cards made or websites made for... Um, businesses and they go, you know, we need to make sure we've got all our social accounts yeah. on the website yep. for as oh, at least the last five years, if not longer, the amount of times I will see on not only business websites, but sometimes sporting teams websites, they'll get the logos of all the different social accounts. Yeah. The amount of times I have seen t- teams or businesses take the Tumblr logo and use it as the Twitter logo. <laughs> is beyond like it's it's like you, yeah you, you you're obviously using your accounts a lot because you don't even know the difference but yes the the funny looking t is not the twitter logo just uh, a little bit of free advice there from mm. uh, myself with a little bit of experience in the social keep game away from, keep away from tumblr Go on. yes uh we have a question um, he's look he's called something else on uh, twitter but his name's brad nicholson so we're just going to call him that because that's what he is he he comes to he's us a sheriff. Uh, <laughs> via Twitter and he says dear hosts of the NTSS NTS I can't even say it NTS yep I'm really struggling what's our show called again NTFS there it is we've got to get you a hat just uh, by the bar before we get through this one um, Cocksmith uh, was at a game a few weeks back I was there with my niece and nephew and I was looking I was thinking oh, I didn't think he was going to be in the game this weekend this guy ran up and down the sideline and he, he had a hat I didn't recognise and um, I'll keep looking at him going I think that's Rob I looked at my nephew. I said, "Is that Rob? Because he's met you." He's going, "Oh, oh, maybe." Uh, my niece, my niece didn't have any idea, but I've gone, "Oh, I think it is." And then you know, it was the telltale uh, R. Cox um, stance on your knees, where you oh, put yeah. your, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the signature. It's, it's the signature. It's you know, if they ever made a, a trophy. A yep. la Winfield Cup, it would be this one on where knees. you're, you're on your good? knees, uh, you, you, your shoes not tucked underneath you, but just sort of, you know, it's just, oh, it's, and you, and you had football boots on, it's by special. the way. You That's do. Special. I've been and on then, my knees for 25 years, you know. You have, mate, you have. Um, it's good. No one does it better. Get, get to the sheriff's question. <laughs> but anyway, you had a different hat on uh, than yeah. you normally do. So I, was, I, was, I wasn't quite convinced. Then I messaged you, you finally got back to me. But we have decided that um, there's that many photos off TV of um, when Cocksmith's in there getting the photo and it's got this the big cat, um, which I thought was uh, apt, um, across the top of your hat. 
<laughs> and we just went. It's you went. Caterpillar. You should be. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, we should be getting some sponsorship for that. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I have to make you an NTFS. There we go. Um, All right. Just just make white white lettering across the front of the a black hat. How's that sound? Yep, I'll make up something else that stands for NTFS and I'll let you know what it means. <laughs> Before I even brought that up this afternoon, I thought of all the different variations of NTFS. Yeah, there's there's probably a few. There's, there you go. Uh, a poll, poll question for those listeners who can be bothered. Um, <laughs> hit us up on Twitter with what NTFS stands for. Anyway, uh, back to Brad Nicholson. If the Blues lose this series, I think a lot of the people a lot of people owe Laurie Daly an apology. I feel like there was this narrative that when Laurie's New South Wales Blues had some terrible culture... And that they should have won more than they did. And then all of a sudden, Freddie wins one series and he's fixed everything and is a genius. Mm-hmm. Laurie coached the Blues to a series win while some of the greats were still playing for Queensland. The reality is my idiot mate, Glenn Cuthill, could have coached New South Wales to a series win last year. What do you think of, uh, yeah, H's um, contribution? Well, look, I, 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 let me get to Cuthill first. Look, we know that we know that Cuddy couldn't run a bath, let alone an Origin campaign, right? So I don't think he could have done a better job than Freddie or or Daly. Um, he's an artist, though. I say that much. He's definitely good with the texter. Um, look, I think, um, yeah, maybe, maybe so. Maybe if 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 Freddie falters on this one, uh, maybe people will go, ooh. What's happened? We thought that Freddie was the uh, the great wonderkind. He was going to solve all of New South Wales's problems. So, um, yeah, watch this space. I'll, I'll tell you in our next show. I'll tell you whether he's a saviour or whether he's uh, a sap. Yeah, I think the thing that Laurie Daly should forever, as, as the great player we know he was, and the arguably the greatest player for New South Wales of all time. What I will say is that he managed to win a series with Josh Reynolds and Trent Hodkinson as his halves. So <laughs> he does, regardless of what Freddie's done, Laurie gets doesn't get enough love for that. That is one of the, the great mysteries of rugby league: is how the heck did we win a series with those two as halves? Wow, it still boggles the mind. Uh, broken, huh? yeah. uh, next question uh, comes from G from the famous WhatsApp group. Not that WhatsApp group, but our WhatsApp group. Uh, he says, if Jason Taylor was on fire, how many how many reasons could you come up with not to put him out? It's a harsh question from G, which, who is a he's a massive Tigers fan, mind you. Which way, how would you put him out, though? Like, we got any hmm. way that we can put him out? Or, I mean, I, I I mean his suggestion is, to, um, you know, you've had a few shandies and, you know, um, he, he, oh. for he, he, he wouldn't even... He wouldn't even do it that way, is what he's he saying. Even I think this do is harsh. If Jason was on fire, I think this is saying? harsh. I think the only person that probably completely agrees with G is David Fairlongo. David Fairlongo definitely would, and maybe Robbie Farah. Um, yes, I could see that being a part of it. But it's it's we asked for questions. That's a question we got. It's mm-hmm. it's not a, a thing we condone uh, or suggest that anyone should actually be doing whether someone's on fire or not. Go find some water because um, it really stinks. Um, but yeah, unless um, it's an oil fire. If it's an oil fire, you're not meant to put any liquid on it. You're meant to just to cover it up. Did you know that? Hmm. If you get an oil fire at home, well, let's just say Jason's covered in oil and he's on fire. Don't pee on him because it can flare up and it might burn your bits. That's hmm. all I'm going to say about that. There is I a reckon. follow-up question from G though. Uh, cool. He is a um, frustrated Tigers fan. He, he, he asks, if, if Ivan Cleary spent seven days walking through the desert without water, mm. how many different ways could you tell him to get before you refused him service at the bar? 
How many yeah, ways? There's not much love for Ivan either. No. Seemingly. Who no. does he? I, I guess I got a I got a question to fire back at you. Who does he dislike more, Ivan Ooh. or JT? That if he had really to have one back as a coach. Well, you'd, you'd have to throw Mick Potter into the mix there, wouldn't you? Because no, he's no, no, the no. one that ultimately cost them Farrer and um, or Benji in the first place. Yeah, but if he if he had to have one of those two back, Ivan or Jason Taylor, which one would it be and why? Mm. So he can answer that however he likes. You can send me a postcard. I mean, he could probably listen to the podcast for the first him. time in his life. He just uh, asks questions because I asked for him. But anyway, uh, the second part of that is the news coming through tonight that Andrew Fafita has been done for three games for a crusher tackle. And so he should. And uh, Mitchell Barnett as well got a couple of weeks. What yeah. came out of it, and G was the instigator of this this point, I guess, is his, his, his question was, why is it why are the players only doing this now? And my retort, and I don't know if you've read it, uh, Cocksmith, but this has been happening for years. Yeah. Um, it just happens that the NRL's finally woken up to it uh, because I don't have any doubt in my mind that they weren't, I'll say this carefully, they were not trying to seriously injure the players that they've landed on, but... No. What frustrates me more than anything is this is what they're taught to do. Because if you think about how the tackles happen, people are getting all technical and all the rest of it. But when you, over the course of the years, we've had grapple tackles, we've had uh, extra men in tackles and all that rest of it. But in the last sort of 12 to 24 months, what we've seen more of is the players doing their best to get their bodies over the back of a player with the head effectively on their chest. And if you put your arms in, it slows the play the ball down. What they've worked out in the last year or so is that that's good, but if you land your body weight on the back of a player as he's backing towards you or he's backing forward or, or he's pushing forward or whatever, it actually makes the tackle take twice as long to finish because you get the first bit of contact which slows the play the ball or slows the play. And then when you drop your body weight on someone, it makes them take the hit, then try and get up. So you're effectively probably one and a half times as long as what a normal tackle would, would be, if not longer. So it's actually a tactic to try and slow the play the ball down. It doesn't mean the yeah. players are trying to hurt players, but what it's doing is putting the player who does these tackles or this style of defense, it has, you hear it in the commentary all the time, so I'll finish in a sec, um, that the player didn't mean to do that, or what is he supposed to do? Get out. No, he's responsible for where he puts his body. There is yeah, no look, doubt about that at all, and that's the bit that frustrates me. Is that I, I just I can't see how you can take well, responsibility well, here, away from the here's player. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? And Gal covered it off pretty nicely on 100 percent footy the other night. What a lot of players do these days uh, in attack is they'll tend to back themselves into a into a tackle. Yep. You know because it's easier to get a ball away. It's also a much stronger way to drive your way. Through the, not through the defence, but keep getting yards. Yep. So a tackler will continue to tackle a player until either he's on the ground, which is, you know, that's the ultimate aim, get him on the ground, hold him down. Um, so when he's backing himself into a, a tackler, it's it's fairly easy to, to see how the player ends up around the guy's neck. Um, he's generally got his, his, you know, his shoulders in around the guys, uh, the, the, def the defender's got the other fellow's head on his chest, okay? Yep. And then someone comes in and cleans the legs up, everyone goes to the ground, and that happens. I'm not saying that I think it should happen, but I can see 
and I see it in junior football even, how it happens without yep. anyone being trained. No boy in my, my team is trained to do crusher tackles, but it happens um, because of mostly because of attackers backing their way, trying to back their way up the field. Um, you get better purchase on the ground. Oh, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with what you're... I think that's true. Absolutely, the players do that. But what we've seen, especially, and this is why I think it's woken the NRL up to the fact that this is happening and that it's chargeable, is that in the instance of the Fafita and the Barnett, they've both oh, effectively... Fafita's was off the chart, mate. They've, I mean, he they've effectively, yeah, They've effectively jumped to make that. <clears throat> so they're extending what you're talking about, which is that yeah. the player comes into them and then they get around them and, you know, it happens all the time. Um, mm. But they're jumping off their feet to... I mean, Barnett's, yeah. was, Barnett's was more graphic in regards to... You could tell he made his mind up to do it. I think well, as Fafita I think I think for I think for feeders was mate, you're about 120 kilos. What do you expect was gonna happen? Like that's the bit yeah. that I don't think he meant to I'm gonna say it, I don't think he absolutely meant to um, try and kill the bloke. But what I'm saying is that he's responsible for what he does with his body in that situation. And mm. it's happened for a long period of time. So the NRL's come down yeah. on those two. But well, I have to bring they, one and they should, yep. mate, because someone's gonna get really badly hurt one day. Mate, you know, I still wear the wristband, buddy. How mm. how quickly have we forgotten about Alex McKinnon and and mm. what happened there? Um, mm. Yeah, it, you, you that that situation, and I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face, was always coming, and we refused to stop players getting um, pinned in tackles so they couldn't re- they couldn't protect themselves. Yeah, and then we finally had that happen. And the reason that I bring that up um, also in regards to this is that there was a tackle on the weekend that had no scrutiny. Uh, I sent it to the WhatsApp group, mate. Uh, oh, our mate Cameron Smith with the little judo or whatever mm. kind of thing that he did to um, Herman SASA. Yes, yes. And again, this isn't something that I don't think Smith, you know, went, oh, I'm going to go him here and this is what I'm going to try and... Like, it's something that you learn and that you get taught. I mean, and he basically grabbed his wrist and made it so that when he went to the ground, he's had no way of using his left arm to um, stop his body hitting the ground. Mm. And no one made a comment. It was let go. He didn't get charged. It's fine. If the only way that Smith's even in remote trouble there is if um, uh, SASA had busted a shoulder or broken a wrist or something like that. So we're mm. going to say that the game is saying you've got to get hurt before we do anything about it. Oh, well, that's exactly what they're saying. Oh. I always do, mate. <laughs> it's just. Oh, I don't know. I... They always do. They ban. They ban the punch, right? Now yeah. let's just be <clears throat> let's just let's, be let's, let's unpack. Let's unpack here. Yep. Look, the, the the punch was one of those things that that fans love it, love it or hate it. A lot of the fans, especially the ones of the, the hardcore fans, didn't mind a little bit of it every now and then. You know, you're not gonna, you're generally not gonna kill kill a football player or destroy his life by giving him a whack in the mouth. I mean, you know, you you, you could be some there could be some you know, snowflakes out there who are saying, oh, you know, you can't punch, you can't punch, it's illegal. Look, the reason why hockey in America is so popular is because of the, the, the confrontation and the likelihood of something happening. And that's what, that's what Origin was built on for a lot of years, was, you know, they cleaned up the club game, but then in Origin a little bit, a little bit more leeway was given. And now it's really been sanitised, which I find a little bit uh, sad in a way. Mm. Um, and and I'm not advocating kids to go out and do it. I'm just saying, you know, this was the pinnacle of rugby league, and and I didn't mind it. I liked it when a couple of big blokes had a stoush. Um, 
but it's very different, <clears throat> excuse me, from from jumping on a guy's head. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, or deliberately incapacitating them so that you can slowly unplay the ball. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's there's a big difference between holding a guy down for two or three seconds to slow the play ball down, and putting him in a hold that if he if he moves a certain way he could pass out. Yeah. Um, you know, and and look, a lot of these football players, as I've, as I've mentioned in the past, are um, clandestine Brazilian jiu-jitsu masters. You know, some of them are even black and brown belts, which takes a long time to, to master that art. Um, and they know exactly what they're doing. And we don't even need to mention their names, mate, because I'm yep. pre- pretty sure that you could knock up a list of three or four of them without even really trying. Um, mm. So, yeah, it, it is it is a little bit... Um, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And when players do crusher tackles, especially the ones where they lift their body off the ground and bring their full weight down onto another player, I think it should be six or eight weeks. I don't and think it should be. It's the same thing weeks. they should have done with the spear tackle and lifting tackles, and they didn't do it. Anyway, um, quickly with that, the last point on that is that the kudos to the NRL for doing something about it this weekend. Mm. Your big test is what's going to happen in about a month's time. Is it going to still yeah, be got to happening? keep it up? Um, yep. Because something that I will say, and it's it's not directly linked in terms of to its impact on the game, but it's a, a funny one, is that you know that old rule that they brought in about three or four years ago, whereas if you kick the ball um, from a line dropout over the goal line, that was a penalty. It was just like a blanket penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, watch the games right now. It's no longer a blanket penalty yet. It's easily enforceable. Anyway, um, there is a rep round this weekend. Uh, we obviously have the. New South Wales versus Queensland game in Perth on Sunday night, uh, which I'm actually looking forward to. I, I love a Wednesday night uh, origin, but um, yeah, something about you know nice barbecue at someone's house on a Sunday afternoon into a game isn't a horrible thing. We have New South Wales and Queensland playing as well in the Women's State of Origin on Friday night at North Sydney Oval. Cocksmith, yep. I live 10 minutes walk from North Sydney Oval. Uh, mm. One of the great regrets of my life is that the Bears are no longer here because otherwise that would have been fantastic. I'm thinking yeah. of getting down there, mate. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we might do... Oh, well, well, we'll talk to each other. We won't do a podcast. We'll, we'll talk to each other. Uh, yeah. But have you got yeah. a tip? Because New South Wales... I think they won last year, didn't they? They did. They did. I think they've won... They won two of the last three games. Uh, anyway, they've... Uh, They've definitely won. I think Queensland won the first 12 or so in a row, somewhere around some silly number, 12, mm. 13, 14. Um, I, my tip this year is uh, New South Wales. New South Wales by eight. Now, I remember I watched the um, the grand final last year, the Roosters and the Broncos. It was an entertaining game of footy. Is there mm. anybody you should be looking out for? I mean, I'm not as involved in, obviously, as I used to be when I was working at the NRL, but I know yeah. Keezy Apps is a player. Uh, anyone else there? Did, did else? you see the little story about her today? Her no, and, I didn't. Um, well, her, uh, she she played in up to under 12s with Dale Finucane. Oh, there you go. In the same team. Kezzy's dad was the coach. Yeah, from Bega, and, yeah. Uh, Wagga, Bega, something like that. I think it's Bega. Um, and uh, look it yeah, up. they played, <laughs> they played uh, 10s, 11s and 12s together. Uh, in the same team, and then Kezzy obviously had to retire from playing with the boys after year twelve. After, yeah, it was bigger. Sorry, uh, yeah, um, so it was a quite an interesting little story, actually. But anybody, uh, anybody else you should be looking for, people. Isabel Kelly. Yep, centre for New South Wales. Yep, Isabel Kelly's a great player. Um, Maddie Studden. Yep, um, halfback. Uh, what's the what's the, the halfback for Queensland's name? The Brigginshaw. 
She's great. Ali Brigginshaw. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Great player. Um, unfortunately, this year, Rowan's not playing. Yep. Lovely Rowan is, uh, I think she's retired from mm. rep football, maybe. Or maybe she just didn't get chosen. Not sure. Yeah. Uh, but, mate, it's, it was a fantastic game last year. I, I loved it. And it, and I, li- I like women's football. I like to watch it. It's um, any... any uh, any young footballers um, can actually learn a lot from women's football. It's a little bit like watching women's golf. You can deconstruct their game a lot easier because it's a little bit slower, um, and you can see exactly what's going on. and It's and it's a really cool way to learn uh, a fair bit about football, or you yep. can just watch. Indeed. You know, you so it's on Friday you. night at uh, 7:45 North Sydney Oval. I think it will be. I believe it's being telecast on Channel 9 as well. But if you're in the Sydney area and you want to see some uh, pretty good rugby league, get down to North Sydney. There are mm. three games of uh, international football being played on yes. Saturday. Pacific Island Tests with Lebanon. Which we love. <laughs> which is Let's great, start with but... the first one, which is uh, played at Mount Smart, New Zealand up against Tonga. Yes. Uh, now, these are the games that I wish I could be at. This is where I yeah. do miss working for the NRL sometimes because yeah, yeah. Oh, the atmosphere over and there is... they miss is... you too, mate. Do they? Um, Not sure. I don't know. No, no one talks to me anymore. It's great. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, New Zealand. Um, yeah, uh, up against Tonga. The I honestly reckon it'll be seventy-five percent Tonga fans. Uh, oh yeah, it'll be amazing. Mm. Um, this mm. is the kind of game. If you're in New Zealand, you've never been to a rugby, rugby league game. I would say mm-hmm. go to this one. Uh, yeah. Forget the war. Like the Warriors are good. T- like good, it's a good product and, and the rest of it. But this is the game to introduce yourself to rugby league. Mm. The big no, question, no, no, no. however, as we look at the other games, which is Fiji versus Lebanon, yeah. and uh, they're almost Samoa versus uh, PNG. Yeah. Yes, I am happy that some players are playing for the team they want to play for now. I think Martin Tapao is now playing for Samoa, and uh, yeah. Jermaine Asako is playing for Samoa as well. There's been some yeah. movement around. Obviously, players that could have played for New South Wales have been picked in these teams. Yep, but there are a lot of players that aren't playing in this. Mm. Uh, this competition uh, this coming weekend, and this is the, the discussion I had years ago. I, I honestly reckon I said this twelve months ago. The discussions I had with Frank Pulitzer, who's um, basically head of strategy for Pacific uh, Rugby League at the NRL, when we're talking about what's the future look like, and um, it's not a case of just put the games on and the game will grow. The rugby league coaching fraternity, let's call it. Are so focused. They, they got their week off for rep round, which is what they wanted. But now they're taking the Mickey, and I, it's well, it's just name sad. names. Oh, well, the players that aren't available for this weekend who are name suddenly names. injured. I'm not who naming anybody. Um, let's just say aren't that there are a couple from Canberra. They probably are. Um, I, I read somewhere during the week that Ricky isn't going to release a couple of players. So, well, Dunamis Louis is name. is apparently carrying some injuries. Uh, yeah. it, like, what like Mitchell Pearce? There's yeah. not enough. There's not enough of this international football for a start. Mm. But I, I just, I, I'm sorry, I can't get behind saying to a player who is Alex Twole's the example that I'll I'll bring up as the big one. He's been the playing mass, been playing massive minutes this year for the Tigers. Yes. He's been playing really well. He look he he wouldn't yeah. have looked out of place in Sofiti's spot for the Blues, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, big call. But yeah. he is not available for Lebanon. Because apparently his workload this year has been excessive and the Tigers want to give him a wick off. Is Mitchell Moses playing for Lebanon? No, he's out as well. He's even rested. You know, he's, he's, yeah. When you miss that many tackles, it's just, you know, you've got to make sure that you are... Uh... doing a delivery shift. 
he's not anymore. Uh, gave up. He gave up his day job um, at Deliveroo to uh, take eight hundred thousand dollars a year at Para. But it's just, a, it's just, oh, it's just disappointing because it's like this is this is a one-off game. It's not like we're asking, and as much as we would love to see, you know, three of these rep rounds through the year where you get to play a legitimate series. You know, all of them. Like, that would be that would be fantastic. You're asking them to play one off, and you've already got for a lot of teams, they've already had a buy already. Uh, who would have been involved in these games, or they're having a buy in two weeks' time, and mm. I, I'm I'm just disappointed because the game is on this. Um, I get it. I get this it. Cu- this cusp. There's a cusp. You've got to understand yeah. the coaches as well, mate. They'll do anything to get players a, a week off. You know, like that. They they really will. And um, to them, the most important thing, and I get it, is um, their premiership. Uh, you know, they put a lot of work into it. I still think. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go <clears throat> off the reservation for a moment. <laughs> I still think that the, the NRL at the moment, or, the, or, or our esteemed chairman um, of the commission, is talking about uh, introducing expansion. And you know, and someone tossed up the other day. There's going to be one team, which is just totally useless and a waste of breath. Yep. Uh, if it's going to be anything, it should be two teams. And if that happens. If they do introduce two teams, let's say for 2022 or whatever, yep. whatever the, I, I I honestly believe that they should play each other once, and that should be the round. That should be the, the, the seven, seventeen rounds. Yep, seventeen rounds. Now people will go, oh, but what about the other rounds? Well, I've got an idea, okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna encapsulate it very quickly here. Whilst Origin is on, they should have a four week competition, right, in the middle of the year which is a knockout competition a la the Amco Cup. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember the Amco Cup? Yeah, I do. Yes. I think it's a so, serious case of deja vu right now, but yeah. I know. But listen, <laughs> listen, right? And what I think should happen is is that both Queensland and New South Wales should not be allowed to nominate any more than 25 players at the beginning of the series. Okay? Hear me out. 25 players each that they must, can, cannot go outside that 25, no matter what. Okay? Mm. Then the other teams, the six, six, sorry, the eighteen teams that are left, or that are back waiting for them to come back, what they'll do is they'll play a knockout, okay? But each team must have six or eight players from their New South Wales Cup in their main main team. So it it brings the the, the fans, it, it educates them as to you know some other players that they may not know about. It's a it's a mid year competition which. No matter what, people will get patriotic about their team. Yep. Um, and it gives the alleged superstars some time off. Um, and you see an origin every nine days over a four-week period. That's mm. my idea. And I like it. I, I don't know, care I know you, do. you don't, <laughs> to be I honest. Just, I just, but I thought I'd tell yeah. you again. I know, I've, I know you've heard it before. But I don't think we've done it on the podcast. It, it'll just never happen. Uh the, well, the, why not? Just well, give me a good okay. reason why not. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an alternative reason, all right? Go on. What I would love to see isn't too drastically different to what you're saying. I think you need that. I guess my big question is, okay, if we say we play three weekends of Origin, okay? Yeah. Um, how do we manage the week before and the week after to make sure that the players who played Origin and or other games yeah. have that sufficient rest before they get mm-hmm. back into club football? That's the to me. That's the bigger question. What you do in that five week period, if that's what it is, I think is still up for debate. Weeks. Well, whether it, yeah, what I'm saying is how how long do you need after that last Origin game slash knockout game, whatever it is, mm. before the new series 
um, the new se- well, the season kicks back in. That's yep. the question you've got to fix. Well, can you cast your mind back to the 80s when you were a kid? Yeah. Um, do you remember the MCO Cup? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Panaso- so I, I, remember, I, remember the, I remember the Panasonic Cup far more than the, the back end of right. the 80s. Uh, so how the did they manage that? When they a team t- was playing on a Wednesday night. <laughs> they just told them that they're playing and they had to deal exactly. with it. Exactly. And that's how you deal with it, mate. But they're that's only why playing we can't 17 deal with rounds of football. Nah. So, I know, but I'm saying that the reason that won't happen is the exact reason that we're not seeing Alex 12 play for Lebanon. We're not seeing Charles Nickel Clockstad play for the Cook Islands. It's the, the the power of the administration is not as powerful as the coaching um, fraternity, if you want to use that word. And that's the, the and I think where I'm saying is that I don't think that that knockout thing would happen in a clubland situation. I don't think the pos, I think the, there's more of a possibility that you see three weekends of an international football calendar than you see a club calendar. I'll tell you how you make it. Mm. I'll tell you how you make it. You ready for it? Ready? Money. Money, money. Whoever wins gets a million bucks. Only two million dollars. Three, three, well, four, whatever, seven, whatever. No, no, name your name, name your price. One Whoever wins dollars. gets a big chunk of cash. And who's going to pay for that? I don't know. The the Panasonic. Whoever. <laughs> they took Powersonic or Panasonic. Um, Powersonic, Tui's, you know, Sibian. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Whoever. But basically, yeah, we'll just see what happens with um, uh, whether they can ever get to a place where that period of time is dedicated to either your idea, Cocksmith, which <clears throat> might happen, or uh, some sort of um, situation where we see Tonga and Samoa and the Cook Islands and Fiji and Lebanon mm. play mm. two or three games across that period uh, in tandem with uh, the Origin Series. I think that I just would... don't think... Yeah, go on. Because that, that, those, just... those five games, those five, six weeks, that equals your, your season, as you say, if you played... 17 uh, head-to-head games. Yeah, I just don't think there's enough football. If you're gonna if you're gonna have the break in Origin, you've got to fill it with something else. I mean, pe- pe- like the public will turn off and they'll start watching AFL or something, or, or God forbid. But see, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I even had a conversation today with the bloke at the bank. There you go. That's you know breaking down barriers. Um, mm. And we were discussing just different things about what people follow, and it's like people won't leave rugby league. I think that's been rugby league's done no, enough. Really, to... It's not on, mate. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, not, not, I think we, I think we'd be fine. Anyway, if you're going to go to some football, this is a good weekend to go to the football. That yes. has been episode 196 of Not the Footy Show. Thanks for your company, everybody. Uh, if you want to jump over to Apple Podcasts, it's no longer iTunes. They've changed the name completely. We did have a review, actually, a, a rating, five stars, oh, Fox yeah. Smith. So well done. You Who did could, that? Um, Who did that? I don't know. Uh, somebody, no but they didn't. They didn't write a review. They just gave us five stars. So thank you to that person. And thank you for the little bits and pieces around the place in regards to the fact you're enjoying the show. We do appreciate it. We actually had a new um, a listener uh, who actually said they were going to listen to the show. They listened to the show. They enjoyed the show. So thank you very much. We'd love to hear from you whether you actually give two stuffs about what we're doing because, well, we don't, but you might. Um, Cocksmith, it's been a pleasure. You're heading to Always. Friday to, to the New South Wales, uh, Queensland Women's State of Origin. Then you're going to Leichhardt Oval Pacific Test. Mm. Do you want to know what I'm doing tomorrow? I'd love to know what you're doing tomorrow. Well, today I did the PNG men's head headshots and a team photo, right? Yep. But their gear supplier forgot about the women's jerseys, so I've got to go back to Parramatta first thing tomorrow morning <laughs> and uh, and do the PNG ladies um, team photo and headshots. Oh, mate. So twice, thanks twice. to the gear supplier. That was great. Twice the money. 
That's true, but... Hey, hey thank you, Gear Supply. Do you want to name the Gear Supply? Give him a rap. Nope. No. <laughs> um, I've already I've kicked them in the b so I'm not about to give him a rap. So. And then on Sunday, uh, uh, Cocksmith heads to Perth to Perth. see Origin number 10. So we will speak to you next time. You can follow us on facebook.com slash NRL podcast. I'm at NRL tweet. Cocksmith is at R-O-B-B-C-O-X on the Twitter and the Instagram. Instagram, yeah. And, and send, me, send me a message on Twitter and tell me what you think about my alternate... Uh, well, I'm going to be on the spot here, here Cocksmith. Go on. You know, I am... I'm just going to be very, very serious for a second, okay? Yeah, go on. Play some serious music. Put Insert you, serious if, music. <laughs> feel free to promote the podcast anytime you like, Cocksmith. That's all I'll say. Uh, anytime, anytime on any of these channels, you'd love to uh, expand our horizons. Um, yeah. Because no one's listening to it when I uh, actually no, I'm lying. People, you do listen to it. You just don't tell you us you listen get, to it. You would get replies all the time. But right? the numbers, are, the numbers are good. It's just that you you still sit there and just listen. And well, don't. nobody nobody contacts me. Nobody's telling me other than other than my good mate Greg Porteous. Nobody <laughs> is telling me that they're listening. So yeah, no. is Greg the only one listening? But he's listening I apologise once again. Um, Four hundred times. Uh, I didn't say hello when he was at the same game that you were wearing the hat that mm, wasn't the rude. same hat. He wasn't the other he side of the field. Mentioned to be fair. That. Yeah, he no. mentioned that. Mm. Um, but anyway, what do you bring now? We've got to go, are. mate. I've got to, got stuff to do. Yeah, so do I. Edit this stupid thing. All right, it's been another Footy Show one ninety six. Uh, go the Blues. Yep, go the Blues, but the Maroons will win. See ya. See you, mate. Not the Footy Show. show. So somebody gave us five stars. Oh yes. So watch out, kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, we're back, baby. Pepsi.